We reviewed Five Nights at Freddy. I did. I listened to that. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> both my kids saw it, the two that are here. Yeah. And uh, you clearly, like you guys pointed out, they're catering to their audience. Oh, I mean, oh, but, but, yeah. And no one else. And then no one else. Yes. Yeah, no one else is right. Yeah, my kid was going to, he saw it with me at the movie theater. And he is all into the video games. And we wanted him to join us. But he couldn't because he had a big swim meet. So he couldn't, yeah. he couldn't join. Yeah, that would have been a good perspective. Yeah, yeah, that's the kid's perspective. And actually, he liked it. And he went with some of his swim buddies. He saw it again. <laughs> Full price at the theater. <laughs> yeah, my youngest daughter saw it. And she liked the movie, but it was funny because she said the group that she went with would not shut up. They were like, talk. Yeah. Like loud through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys had that experience with other young people in the audience. Were they talking to the screen? Or? I was fortunate enough to see it on Peacock oh, in okay. my house. <laughs> so, no, there was no talking. Okay. But... Let's but, jump right in. Welcome to Gene and Roger oh. Talk Movies. We're here with director Scott Eggleston, Scott friend of the show, I think is a yes, fair way to yes. put that, right? Yes, uh, it's, dir- it's always great to have you. Director oh, of Bad Bones. And Scott, uh, before we get into it, you have a brand new short coming out. Is that oh, right? Yes. Yeah, I did make a short for the five-day film royal, the Halloween edition. It's called Die Pact. And it'll, it'll <laughs> nice. be on YouTube here pretty soon. So. Excellent. Okay, yeah. definitely want to check Are that one out. Five lines of dialogue in your... No. It was weird because they didn't... <laughs> usually they'll give you a bunch of prop prompts, like mm-hmm. location, prop, the line of dialogue. And all they did this time was it had to be spooky. Ooh, and oh. was it spooky? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll check that out for sure. But hey, today... Well, you know, that should be a goal of us. Maybe as a group next... If that have that next year, we could all like... Make a little spooky movie. Okay, right. <laughs> well, we'll see how busy uh, Scott Eggleston is yes, when, yes, when, yes, when that yes, rolls yes, around. Yeah. But today we're talking about uh, this movie that I couldn't remember last week, but it's yeah. called No One Will Save You, currently playing on Hulu, um, alien invasion kind of movie. Gene, yeah. initial thoughts? Initial thoughts. Well, first of all, this, this movie is like one of those discovery movies. It's like you don't know anything, but the character doesn't know anything either. And so as the character discovers things, the mystery, you, you know, as the, as the viewer, you discover it too. So you automatically are kind of drawn into the character. You like the character. And then you, you, you're in. You like the journey. And so, yeah, this movie is, um, is interesting. It runs like about 90 minutes or so, but there are only five words spoken in the whole movie. Five. I counted them. Five. And so, but it's great. I would definitely recommend this movie. It's it's, it's scary. Uh, Well, maybe. There are some parts, for sure. There's some parts that deal with like a universal fear of like home invasion, you know, like that. But, um, yeah, the movie it keeps your interest, and I can't see anybody like watching this movie and really not liking it. All right, well, that's a good segue because I have some insider information. <laughs> uh, Scott, where are you at with this? Well, one? you just met somebody, Gene. Because oh, okay, I hated this movie. Oh, really? That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, my biggest issues with with this film, I think, and we're going to go into it, I'm sure, was that um, it was. In, incredibly unoriginal to a fault. I sure, felt I sure. felt like you know all movies are derivative. They all inspired by the sure, movies, but sure. this movie felt to me like a copy and paste film, where it's like they took parts of other movies or other shows that they'd seen and did not put any kind of original spin on it. In fact, I was surprised at how dated this movie felt with some of the alien invasion stuff. It felt like an X Files episode. 
sure, um, sure. complete with you know saucers and gray aliens and column pillars of light coming from the UFO yep, and yep, yep. almost to the point of parody in my opinion. But and that would be okay if the film worked, but but for me it just felt really unoriginal, um, very repetitive, especially in the second act. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of cat and mouse stuff that was going on with the aliens, different types of aliens. Sure, sure. But uh, it was because of that I felt I was bored. Um, I liked the lead performance, but I felt like this movie just didn't know what to do with itself in the second act until it finally started to do something interesting toward the end. But I can talk about that later because that kind of infuriated me too. So. <laughs> <laughs> it really didn't. Yeah, like it just it. made me mad. I get mad at movies like this when I see like they're clearly talented people behind them with a budget. This movie yeah. made for like twenty-two million dollars. Mm, I mean, yeah. Blum- Blumhouse could have made four movies, you know, with the with the budget and better movies. So. Anyway, well, I'm kind of <laughs> yeah, I'm, production this values is a, were high. This is yeah. an interesting episode because Gene likes it, Scott hates it. I'm kind of <laughs> hates. I know hates. In, in the I'm in the middle here. Um, I actually look at this one similar to my review of like Five Nights at Freddy's from last week, where it's just this thing. It happens. There's some cool stuff that does happen. All the alien. No, no, there's no cool stuff in Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> no, no, it's I'm saying like, you're right. There's what? Well, there I was don't even know what to say about the Five one Nights at cool, Freddy's. Except it just sucks. The one cool part in Five Nights at Freddy's was when that one animatronic did bite that woman in the ass. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Uh, okay, <laughs> so, that's, 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 that's But like, anyway, we're, anyway, we're still talking about that movie, even though we both did not like <laughs> it. Um, but the thing, Scott, and I know you're a big Twilight Zone fan, because oh, yeah. as this movie was playing out, I'm like, oh, they're doing a riff on the Invaders episode I thought of Twilight that too. Zone, yeah. you know, with Agnes Moorhead, where she has no dialogue in that entire episode. And the reason, of course, is because, yeah, it's actually... Uh, the American space program yeah, yeah. landing no, on her planet. Great, great episode. And so I was thinking, oh, they're maybe going to go down this line where, yeah, it's it's a totally different alien invasion thing. But I thought, like, Close Encounters, it's very reminiscent of that. Um, yeah, it is. You know, and even something as wacky as, like, uh, Mars Attacks with, like, the saucers and stuff. It's kind of derivative of that. But as far as the action sequences, because this movie doesn't take a lot of time setting itself up. There's about five minutes in the beginning where, oh, she's going through this trauma. Oh, the townspeople don't really pay attention to her. And then, bam. To me, it lays out a mystery. It's like what what happened that she's an outcast. Yeah, and when you find out, it doesn't make any sense, in in my opinion. Oh, I think it makes total sense. When you find out why she's a pariah. It makes total sense. But the way it's presented, it's like they hate her because of this, which was essentially an accident. And they can't, and, and they spit on her, spit in her face. Oh, I know. It, I, that was my it, favorite scene, well, actually, when because there's this great scene where she's well, trying to go to the police to, to get uh, help, to get help. An then, alien invaded her house. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go police. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. And of course, there's remember there's no dialogue. So no dialogue. The, the, Which again, I don't know why they did that either. I what know, what? It it's not organic to the story. It almost feels like a gimmick. So anyway. Continue, oh, and sorry. I agree with no, you. No, it adds to the mystery for but sure. Then she just gets. Like, spit well, like, why on. did they make this movie? That was the mystery I was wondering. Uh, you're miss- there's some there's some deep stuff here you guys are just missing okay well hit, totally us, hit us with it gene <laughs> well i would say this movie the the big theme for me here is like forgiveness okay and uh, i don't know she the she's an outcast because she is close close friends with this little girl called Maud. and um, when they're both 12 you know kids kids fight you know you fight even with your best friends right so they had a fight. Bryn, that's the protagonist. Bryn and Maud had a fight. Uh, Maud pushes her down. Bryn is mad. She picks up a rock and hits Maud. 
with and hits her in the temple, kills her. So I would say that's, in a way, that's that's a very purposeful action. You know, she's angry. She grabs a rock. She 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 kills Maud. And um, there's, it comes out. There's the police find out. Um, the the movie doesn't say some things, but some things I think are are obvious. You know, though. So, and to me, this movie's really yeah is about like forgiveness. Is that um, Brand has never been forgiven for what she's done. You know, clearly, you know, she's probably spent some time you know, in, in some kind of juvenile detention facility. And I think that delays your personal growth. And so she came out and then she's more of an adult. And then her mom is taken away because she dies, you know, and then she, she wants to live in her house. She doesn't want to go to a new town. So she stays in her house, but no one in the, the town has forgiven her for killing Maud, especially the parents. You know, they just don't forgive her for this. And so she, her life is incomplete. Her life cannot move on to the next phase because, and she tries, she tries really hard to move on, but she can't, she's in a way she's stuck because she doesn't have forgiveness. And so I, I see this whole movie is, is laying out this theme, you know, of, of forgiveness. And then finally at the end, I don't know, maybe we can talk about that. More. Well, but, and she, you're not pointing out as well that it's not just the town not forgiving her. She hasn't forgiven herself because she yeah, because she keeps writing letters, letters to Maud. Like, mm-hmm. You know, even years later, she mm-hmm. starts writing the letters when she's a kid, but then she continues as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, she's writing letters to Maud. Yeah, but Scott, everything Jean says is garbage, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, the theme is there. Clearly, that's that's yeah. what it, that's what it's about. I just don't like the way it was handled, and I uh-huh. I felt like. You could take the first act of this movie and the third act and stick them together and still have a movie that made you know liter- linear sense, um, but that stuff in the middle just seemed to be filler and it wasn't done all that well in my opinion because I was bored because like I said the cat and mouse stuff kept happening over and over, and uh, to me it wasn't thrilling but especially it, it, I was kind of surprised in the first act when they do the they reveal every all the aliens mm-hmm. right I mean yeah the movie just goes right at it because. I like that because a lot of movies they just take time to develop and it's just like you're it's sitting there. It's called suspense, Gene. <laughs> I don't know. Some some movies do it well, and other movies you're just, you're just like, come on! But this movie just jumps right at it. It just just goes for it. You know, it's right there. You're not waiting too long. Yeah, the aliens in the house, and yeah. But then it's, it's good. But for me, it didn't seem to have anywhere to go after the end of the first act when it reveals itself. Yeah. Almost like E.T. By the way, which. I kind of felt that this movie had a had a, a tone problem because part of the time it felt like it was trying to almost make the aliens endearing, which it does at the end for sure. Uh, and then and they're also supposed to be these malicious killers, mm-hmm. and I I felt like that was a problem. I, especially, I mean, it gets almost comical in the first act with the whole with the refrigerator flopping around and well, and the little alien guy that's doing the whole yeah exactly thing. yeah it's you like know. the aliens have different um forms if you will mm, yeah. but but they're all but I, lifted from other movies i mean they're that's why i had a problem with the, the being so fe- feeling so unoriginal it was like the aliens sure. how often have we seen that, that yeah the design? aliens the, the look of the aliens cgi very... aliens by the way oh, which yeah. was not scary because of, of because of that um some of the cgi definitely was obvious for sure the little yeah. one especially the little guy yeah, I could live with that. Though. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a horror movie. We're living with it, but yeah. it was not at the level. But I, I see it differently though, because the because Brian has the encounter with the the original alien, and somehow she kills that guy. You know, she has like some piece of wood from a 
from a destroyed-like dollhouse in her hand. And the alien, they have the ability to move things with their mind. So the alien picks her up, kind of flings her around. And just the momentum of her spinning that thing that's in her left hand <laughs> gets stuck in the, the alien's um, left temple. And yeah, he dies. And so then I think that that shows a little difference for Brynn, the protagonist there, because then she like she battles with like two more aliens and she kills them too. So I think that's it kind of separates her from maybe the rest of the aliens. Or in in the alien's mind, it separates this particular maybe earthling. She's different because she fights and she fights effectively. You know, whereas maybe they, with the other people, they were more pushovers. So for the lack of a better phrase. But I I think definitely in the end, the aliens, they they treat Brynn with a a sort of like um, reverence. They, They treat her differently. And so I think her outcome is ultimately different than the outcome of the other, you know, earthlings. So how do you explain her attitude at the end of the movie? Where, you know, she is... Because okay. it's this idyllic, like, 50s mm-hmm. dance thing, which goes on I, w- way too long. How can you guys miss this? It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, the way I see it, okay, there's this parasite. Okay, finally the aliens is, is like, this is enough. And they, they bring in the big guns. And so they they, they, they paralyze Brynn, and they put a little parasite in her mouth, and that kind of causes visions. And she sees um, a grown-up mod. And there's the lines of dialogue in the movie. Brynn says, you know, um, I had to write it down. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, Maud. Yeah, I'm sorry, Maud. And then and then Maud says, or back to her, I'm sorry as well. But then I, she kind of realizes that it's a, it's a dream. And then she kind of breaks out of it. She pulls the parasite out of her mouth and she returns to a regular being. And then um, I think after that, she, she fights the other aliens and she vanquishes them. But then the aliens, they... This after that parasite is then they said that ubiquitous light beam I guess on the parasite, and they they turn that parasite into another Bryn, a doppelganger or whatever, mm-hmm. and that doppelganger goes after the real Bryn and stabs her, but then there's a little pseudo conflict and then the the real Bryn <laughs> with a box cutter kills the the doppelganger, mm-hmm. yeah, but the real Bryn is stabbed, she has a mortal wound. Just is not escaping that. But the aliens bring her up into the ship, and they 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 have dialogue, and they make a decision about what they're going to do with this one woman. But they seem to be interested in her because they also they relive her experience. And then as an audience, we kind of see what happened. You know, we see that the, the that that actual encounter where she kills Maud. You know, we see that. And so now we understand, as an audience, we understand. But then she appears back on the earth. She's a regular person. And then she lies down, you know, kind of, it's coming to an end. It's just, you know, blood loss. And then she dies. She physically dies. And then, well, when the aliens put her back on the planet, their role in her life ends. So when she dies, she just dies like all of us are going to do, you know, and I think then it's the little picture of like, what is maybe heaven like for Bryn, you know? So I think that's just maybe what is happening to her when she dies. So you're saying she's dead at the end. That's oh yeah, she moment. dies. 
she physically dies because there's she's lying on the ground and she's in a lot of pain and all of a sudden you see this little light and then she starts laughing i think right there at that moment she died and she went wherever we go when we die so yeah she she physically died yeah, I'm going to disagree with no, that. No, no, no. Um, no, no. I'm, I think yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right because I've got to, evidence from the movie to back me up. Welcome to you guys G- are wrong. Welcome to Gene, Gene Talks <laughs> movies today. Um, I actually looked at the end differently where the aliens have recognized her maybe as uh, a worthy opponent, let's say. And I'm basing this on there's tiny clues throughout the movie, like part of her trauma is she has created this little village right in her house this little model village right right. right? and this is like this is my idyllic way that i wish my town was right and she's got all happy people there and she's putting on her dress at the beginning and she's got her little i'm doing my smile thing to just be a happy person but you notice that her dresses and stuff they're kind of dated oh well no and that's the weird thing that's her delayed in her development but I also would say this movie's got a weird issue with uh, time itself because she also has a rotary dial phone mm. in her yeah, house. Why does she have that? But she also has a brand new Subaru sitting or a yeah. relatively so new Subaru. why doesn't Subaru she have a phone? The answer is all, thing. I just believe you guys don't see it. <laughs> but there's also no, no – but anyway, my point is she's kind of been creating this, this idyllic life or what she believes it to be. Sure. And I think because no one's forgiven her. I think and the aliens. I think the aliens at the end, once they've done that immediate telepathic communication with her, have just decided we're going to create this utopia for you. Because and all those other people around her are still under the possession of the alien parasites, and they're just letting her live her her idea. And you see them in their throats still, right? Yeah. You see the whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but back to Gene. Um, where am I wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> I think that with the phones, I think um, the, the town hasn't forgiven her. And, you know, it's like um, it's a modern world we live in, right? If you're a, a controversial figure, you're going to get trolled a lot. So she doesn't have a phone because she doesn't want to be getting text messages and emails and stuff. You know, people harassing her over her phone, so she doesn't have a phone. So, but so she just has a, an old landline phone. But remember when the phone rings, she just hangs up right away. Oh, yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. So now I, I think um, that um, she has a wound that's not recoverable from just stabbed by the doppelganger. And that brand dies. Yeah. yeah. I, well, yeah. I Scott, tend to go with Roger on this one. I don't, I don't think she's dead. I think that's just, it, for some reason, they've given her this opportunity. You point out that she's a. You know, they, they like her or she's a worthy opponent. Or well, yeah, whatever. It seems like they the decided a course of action for it. Right. I think, you know what, I think the problem I have with that character in general, too, is that, well, first of all, I don't understand why it, they only give her one line of dialogue. I don't understand why they <laughs> chose to go that route. Maybe, maybe it goes to what you were saying, Gene, about her being uh, stilted or developmentally stopped because of the whole situation. Yeah, yeah which is why she dresses a certain way or why her home is a certain way, which I don't know how she would take care of a house that big by herself. Uh, but well, she has no choice. It's just her, the mom has passed away. Right. There's no one else in her life. So. Right. It and she apparently like she supports herself it. through, like, dressmaking or yeah. something, on mm-hmm. some kind of online, Etsy or something. <laughs> she's, yeah, she has she's a... She's doing that, but... She's more like a friend, it seems. But the more I think about the, the, the way the whole story goes is, like, 
Did, does she have a character arc besides coming to terms with the crime that she committed? And again, and I, I don't, I don't understand how the town, why the town treats her that badly when, yes, it was, she did kill somebody, it, but it was more accidental than malicious. It wasn't premeditated. It wasn't like she's a serial killer. Mm-hmm. She did right. something stupid as a kid, and yeah. what adult cannot identify with that in some way? Right. Um, so I had, a, I had a problem with that. I did like the way it was presented with her memory, though, when they extracted her memory and her, everyone was kind of frozen in time mm-hmm. while she moved yeah. around. That was... Yeah. That was well done. Um, but I think the issue, the issue with that character that I have is I don't feel like she arcs all that much. I feel like she kind of stays on the same. It's, it's almost, it's not like she's understanding the situation in a new light as much as everybody else understanding her in a new light, I guess, the aliens included. But that's not a character arc. That's a flat line. I mean, she's kind of staying the same through the whole movie until the end where this, this whole I- idyllic scenario could be heaven, could be what the aliens provide for well clearly the aliens provided it because they're all in the sky right, right. and they're mm-hmm. um but why but why she's presented is almost like robotically happy almost like a stepford wife kind of happy yeah yeah yep, i is. didn't i didn't understand that that didn't seem to make sense from what came previously it's like this is her perfect world where everyone's now a robot and yeah why not she's immature you know that's that's in her mind you know it, her development has been stunted and delayed, and so her perfect world is. If since we're looking at it, it's it seems um, silly in a way, but to her, you know, that, that's that's what it is. It's perfect. But for everything that came before that, though, where she was like this fighter and would not give up and would not quit, and now at the end, she's just kind of coalesced into this, this this world that's been created for her. I didn't. That didn't gel with what the whole movie was going for in my opinion but i have a problem with the whole movie so (laughs) that's why (laughs) yeah i think the ending i'm okay with the ending um just because she is provide i mean there is some sort of truce between her and the aliens and she's provided this world that she's always wanted she clearly identified that in the beginning when she's going into town to mail that package and she's putting her smile face on and all that and really wants to acclimate herself back into society, which is not going to allow her. And right, so and the aliens she waves, waves at the neighbor and the neighbor like, gives right. her an evil eye. Well, and just straight up getting spit on in the police station. Yeah, but it's the mom. It's, that's the mom. Right. The mom. Well, yeah. But, um, you know, and now she's been provided. The truce is here's your idyllic world that you wanted. She had been creating that dollhouse, that whole t- yeah, dollhouse yeah, village yeah. and all this stuff. And so she's like, yeah, yeah I, I can I'm, do this. I'm, so, I'm, so we're different here. I, I don't think the aliens gave that to her. I think that's her own creation. Hmm. But they're yeah. still around, rather right? clearly in the sky. And there's the like aliens, hundreds of saucers the in the aliens sky. And everyone's still got the little throat thing going yeah. on there. The aliens have never left. But I think the agreement that they came to is that some this person let her die and then that's it we won't interfere anymore with her this is is, you know i had this the ending of this movie and parts of this movie kind of reminded me of the the host the stephanie meyer not great movie remember that one (laughs) which had similar little floaty tentacly aliens Mm -hmm. that lived in human hosts but that movie had a problem in my opinion because they they were presented as this sort of benign alien race that had uh, maliciously taken over the earth. <laughs> oh, right. and they're benign. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. But it's just the same thing in this movie. It's like the whole first part right. of the two-thirds of the movie, they're presented as these seriously sinister, yeah. aggressive, they want warlike you. You know, creatures. And then at the end, they're just like this happy place people. I mean, 
I had a, I have issues. It's like pick a lane. You know, I, I don't like yeah. it when movies take villains and try and make them into heroes at mm-hmm. the end. And that's kind of felt like what they were doing here. So. Well, but apparently it could just be because she's dead and she's in True. afterlife now. So, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's dead. Gene, what else you got with this one? Yeah, I really like this movie, actually, the more we talk about it. I think there's a lot of stuff going on. I really like the theme of forgiveness. You know, I, I think I think it works in this movie. Yeah, yeah. So it's I, I would definitely say, you know, check it out. You know, again, just five lines of dialogue, but it all fits. It fits within, you know, the, the mystery. She doesn't forgive herself. You know, it's like you're, if you're not forgiving yourself, you live in your own head a little bit. And she's by herself. You know, when you're by yourself, whether you, you, you talk to yourself, well, you know, there's no dialogue when you're just by yourself, right? Oh, well, when I'm you know? by myself, there's some dialogue <laughs> for sure. But you're talking you to know, yourself, you know. so, like, there's nobody's really listening. So, you know, it's like, in a way, there you could not be talking at all because it's just for you. The audience mm-hmm. is, is you. So I, I think I, I see the whole dialogue thing. And, yeah, the movie works for me. It happens. Yeah, I guess... Um, Maybe I just don't know all those other movies, and so it seems original to me. Yeah. But you know, definitely as I was watching it, definitely I saw all that because a lot of these other movies I have seen. So sure, I, I've seen all the similarities and how they're drawing influences and ideas from other pictures, but it still works. And Scott Gene has not changed your mind. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean again, I, I agree with him about the themes and everything. Um, I still stick with my because we really haven't talked about the action in this movie, mm-hmm. and to me, it was kind of ridiculous. I mean, beyond the scope of believability. Like for example, we you know in that one alien co- clearly inspired by Close Encounters, the kind of gangly mm-hmm. one, spidery thing that came yep, after yep. and got stuck in the car. Mm-hmm. And so the car is leaking gas. So what does she do? She decides to, you know, take a lighter and decides to go under the car and light the dripping gas on fire and somehow escapes an explosion Mm -hmm. immediately. Um, But the, all this action-y stuff in the middle, I felt was, was boring. And I think you could have just for the movie that you're looking at could be the exact same movie with the first and third act stuck together. So, but you've got a hour and a half movie, which means for me anyway, the whole second act didn't go anywhere. And so I was waiting for something to happen because it kept repeating itself. It kept doing the cat and mouse thing. They, they would vary it up a little bit. But first it was like a Close Encounters ripoff, and then it was an Invasion of the Body Snatchers ripoff, <laughs> and then it was a combination of the Hidden and the Host ripoff. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> oh, you've so seen the Hidden. I have, yes, oh. several times. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, several good for times. You. Yeah, yeah, the yes. Hidden is certainly great. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. But like well, I said, it felt like a, cus- a cut-and-paste job for me. Um, yeah, it's definitely derivative of a lot of other movies, but and all movies are, I admit that. But yeah. this just yeah. felt un- unoriginal to. Oh well, we're going to talk about. Well, one there are only like seven, you know, that's uh, seven plot lines ever, right. so it all goes back to that. But uh, I'm on the fence with this one. I, I, you know, it's on Hulu, so it's not like you're shelling out tons of money. If you've got Hulu already, yeah, give it a shot. See what you think. Um, you could be in Gene's camp. You could be in Scott's camp. Or you could be in my camp where it was just this thing that happened and now it's over. Well, I think it's telling that you said you couldn't remember the name. Yeah. Oh, I, well, yeah, yeah it, is, it is kind of a – well, but the problem with, like, streaming, right? Because there's other movies where, like, no one gets out alive. <laughs> no one does this. No one yeah. does that. And I'm like, okay, what is this, what is this movie called? Yeah, it's a common title. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is a problem. I'm a big believer in have a great title. It's the first marketing tool you're going to have. Mm. And if you, people can't remember yeah. it, they're not going to find your movie. 
Well, so. and speaking of great titles, the movie we must do next week, Gene, and you're in. You're all in. And, Scott, I want you— remind me of this great title? If you've got the ability to, to join us next week, I strongly uh, would love to have you here. Um, it's called When Evil Lurks. It's an Argentinian film Ooh. currently playing on Shudder. Watched it last week after sitting through that Stephen King boogeyman movie and some other piece of garbage. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm in this funk again. A lot again. of Stephen King movies are just And so terrible. I hit terrible. play on this one and OMG, baby. I love, love, love When Evil Lurks. I don't know. Whenever Roger says he loves the movie, I just kind of like, I get a little scared. Because nope. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, you like that piece of garbage. <laughs> no, this is a whole different level. Uh, thematic elements flowing all over this film. It is beautiful. And it does things that I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is good. Is this in like Portuguese? Is it in the it native language? It is in language, the or? native language. So I, I didn't check to see if there was a... Uh, what is that dubbing option for it? Oh, you know, okay. I'm all about the subtitles. Yeah, and stuff I agree. Like that. But it is fantastic, and it is okay. definitely a movie we'll that, that I, I want to get on this show because it needs to be seen for sure. If you've right. seen one of the things great about horror movies, you know, is you get to a point where, well, I've seen everything. You know, how many more killer doll movies do I need to see, <laughs> or how many more well, they keep making movies, them. or whatever, right? And you're like, there's nothing more to see. And then, whoop, along comes When Evil Lurks. And you're like, that's why I watch horror right there. So, Scott, I hope you've got time maybe next week to join us for that. I'll um, check it out. Yeah, because we we definitely need to do that. And okay. uh, any new my Shutter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's too. the only one I've kept the whole time is Shutter. But uh, I keep canceling. I had to renew Hulu to watch this one. And uh, we, yay for me. Again. <laughs> you know, I will be canceling again. Yes, but uh, and then renewing again somewhere. Now, else I'll, I'll probably keep Hulu now because it has sports, so that's kind of cool. Oh well, can watch my good. abs. Oh well, nice. Yeah, yeah hockey yeah. season's going. So, yeah. um, any last words? words on this one i like this movie i really like this movie yeah didn't yeah. like it didn't like it <laughs> i'm on the fence we will catch you next week hopefully with scott back to talk about a much greater film when evil lurks bye bye <laughs>